So I want to talk about that, that um, relative that always wants to talk about politics at Thanksgiving. I say invite them. That's my opinion. Bye. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for being here for another episode of Yolitics. Jason and Jason with you once again. Uh, we are uh, joining each other by Zoom. Uh, today and uh, you know, as usual, Whiteley is at some uh, undisclosed location uh, out in the real world. I am at the office because it seems like I drew that straw early on in the pandemic, and it's never changed. And everybody else is, you know, outside the office and gets to play all day, like Whiteley, and I'm here. Yeah, play all day it is, my friend. But see, here's <laughs> what our listener can't can't see: they, they keep you in a padded cell. Uh, there at the station. So it's a closet with a bunch of padding all around it. And I don't think you're strapped in, but, but at least I know you're safe. And that's this, important. You know, that's important. He's actually, that's he's important. actually describing the truth, everybody. He's not making that up. Uh, and you know, the thing is, is that Jason, uh, this is what the pandemic has done though. Those of us who still had to keep coming into the office every day for all this time when everybody else was getting to play, We've, you know, gone a little bit crazy. And so here I am in a padded audio booth at work. I started off in a normal room years ago, and here I am now. Uh, actually, the acoustics are just better in here, and so here I am. But I did make a stop on the way into the audio booth to pick up a beer. Uh, and I got it, guess where? Right out of your desk. This was in your <laughs> desk. You had three beers in your desk, and I decided, hey, I might as well take one of these. It's not like he's ever coming back to the office. Don't don't give away all my secrets here, man. You know, we had a colleague <laughs> a few years ago who kept a, a bottle of whiskey there, and she always said, do you know who I'm talking about? It's our former health reporter. And she kept oh, a bottle well, of whiskey there and, and said it was for if she ever had a sore throat or something like that. I don't know if she ever <laughs> tapped into it or not, but the fact that it was there was comforting for me. And That's you know, interesting. I, I did not know that was there. It, it, it was always supposedly in her bottom drawer, so I, I, hmm. I don't know for what it's worth. So um, we started off, uh, you may have heard there just, at, you know, at the very beginning from this woman. And it's a little bit hard to understand her because she's talking about dinner guests. She's talking about invited guests for the holidays coming over uh, to the house. And you know, some people might have heard her say, invite them if they're talking politics, because she, she cuts out just a tiny bit. But if you listen closely, what she's saying is the friends and relatives who want to insist on talking politics, uninvite them. There's a, there, there's a little un right before invite there. Uh, she's having none of it. I, you know, invite them or uninvite them. I got friends who would happily invite a, a conversation to talk politics. And, you know, there are others of us who are like, you know what, let's just let's leave that alone. I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change my mind. Where is this going to go, really? Where, where is it going to end up? It's going it's to end up where someone's in a padded closet by themselves, likely, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Uh, and so, you know, we've been uh, you know, soliciting some, some different thoughts about this. Uh, here was an interesting one. Somebody passed this along to us uh, on Twitter. Her name is Ginger. This came down right after the election. And she says, this election news is very bad for my health. Uh, I need your wisdom to pull me out of the disappointment and anger I feel. Uh, not feeling good about that there. Uh, you know, however she feels politically, no doubt somebody on the other end of the political spectrum will say, oh, come on, you know, snowflake, that's just the way it is. Elections have consequences. But we've seen people from both ends of the spectrum not do so well with outcomes of the election. You know, probably the worst of it, we can argue, uh, was the January 6th insurrection when a lot of people who didn't like the results showed up at Congress. 
And so we asked, uh, you know, our listeners, what do you do during the holidays when you're at company parties, when you're at, at home and you have the crazy uncle or as SNL does, the drunk uncle who <laughs> might want to talk politics? Do, do you engage with them or do you try to find a way out? Do you slip out the back door? And we, we you know, put the call out. We asked folks and uh, a number of you guys responded. We enjoyed hearing all of them. Here's one from a guy named Reagan. Take a listen to this. Hi, my name's Reagan. And after helping with the Fort Worth YMCA turkey trot, had about 18 people to the house, all family plus one 92 year old widower. What a great time. And politics was not discussed. You know, what a great time to give thanks, to bond with family and to prioritize how great it is that we get to live in such a great time. God bless. Well, sounds like things were very harmonious uh, at Reagan's house, at least for Thanksgiving. We'll hope that that keeps up uh, for the uh, Christmas and, and Hanukkah holidays and, and New Year's, uh, you know, not to mention that one, too. Uh, so, you know, as we sit back and listen to our expert here and what she has to say about this, I am, by the way, having uh, the, the beer that I pulled out of your desk. It's a Crawford mm. Bach. Uh, from Carbach, and I got this one because it's got the Houston Astros uh, insignia on the front of it, and that's because I am probably going to be hanging out with a lot of relatives in the Houston area for the holidays, and if they're listening, which they're probably not right now, if they're listening, I'd really like for politics to not come up at the table this time. It does, though, (laughs) periodically, and those are the times when I excuse myself for a while. And go have another brew. Uh, I, I'm yeah. actually not. I'm not having anything. I couldn't get to the store in time. You're stealing my beer at work, so uh, I, I don't have anything for this podcast. So that's okay. I deserve it because I'm still coming into the office. But you, you, you do deserve that, my friend. Here's what struck me: not only are people having to deal with everything going on today, and having to deal with politics and relatives and the holidays and things like that, but therapists and social workers are actually hearing from folks who say, this is driving me crazy. I need some help on how to compartmentalize this, how to handle it, whether to engage, whether not to engage. So we talked to a, uh, a licensed clinical social worker. Her name is Brianda Diaz de Leon, and she works for ThriveWorks in Arlington. So thanks for being with us today. Uh, I think for people, for lay people on the outside of your profession, uh, this is a fascinating topic. It has to be for, for you as well, though. I mean, this is what you do for a living, and it's combining some real-world events that a lot of people are going through. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I can't tell you that I'm having clients come to me specifically for political stress. Um, I think it would be... This is very nuanced, right? Um but I'm definitely seeing a lot more people bring up politics during our sessions together and like wanting to divert from our actual goals to dedicate like sessions, sometimes back-to-back sessions to um, what's going on, especially right now that we had the midterm election. I definitely had a few sessions that back-to-back, this is what we talked about. And Brianna, you talk to your, your clients, I guess, can range from 18 to 68, I believe is what I, I read on your bio. But a, a lot of your students are uh, students. A lot of your clients are college students or they're, they're younger, 25 to 35, uh, you mentioned. What are they talking about when it comes to politics? Candidates, issues or what? Um, it definitely varies. You're absolutely right. Right now, most of my, my clients are either in college or like college graduates, or like you said, kind of like around um, 35-ish. 
I would say that there's depending on the subgroup of person, like I have a lot of women that are very much concerned about reproductive rights. Um, so we've had conversations around that, especially um, if their stance is differing from their family members or their friends and loved ones, or if I have had some clients processing maybe changing their stance on abortion rights because of everything that's going on. Um, I think what, what do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I have clients who um, are maybe Christian or Catholic and would consider themselves like pro-life. And now that um, reproductive rights are much more restricted and we're having to see like 10 year olds having to cross state lines to get abortions due to incest. I have had some clients process like that kind of maybe like a shift in mindset and finding themselves sometimes at odds with their religious views and, and the religious views of the people that are closest to them. Wow, that cuts really deep uh, because then you start you know talking about somebody's identity that they m may have had their entire life up to that point. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's guilt that comes with that. Maybe there's, you know, that's a big paradigm shift. And they always say that the big changes in life like moving to a new job or, you know, starting a new relationship are the ones that cause us the most stress. I would imagine that going against what you have always thought of uh, in a religious sense is, is probably huge on that scale. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm getting to see that, you know, and then just other people, like it's just, it's been really interesting to see because another thing too, kind of like you said, now, like it's not even just like, I think sometimes we have the tendency to think of politics in a more superficial sense, but like you're saying, now it's impacting people's like foundation and a lot of things are shifting. And obviously that is going to cause a lot of distress, mental health issues, you know, and it's all pretty much, it, it can be pretty layered. So I did see it, online, you know, oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Yeah, but I saw online that there's, to get ready to, for the interview, I did do some research and just tried to see what other mental health professionals are experiencing. And I saw like um, the term like political stress syndrome and things like that getting thrown around. And although that's very helpful, I think sometimes when we put a label like that on it, we have the tendency to think of it in like really extreme measures and say, oh, I'm definitely not experiencing that. but. I, you, I don't know that I agree with like just using that term because I think a lot of us are experiencing stress that is coming from like our political climate and just how, um, like you mentioned, it's going now into like abortion rights. And so then that touches on like religion and then just our current racial uh, climate as well and mass shootings. Like these are all things that are getting brought up in therapy sessions and also clients are now even more interested and are asking questions like well what do you think about this right or where do you stand wait so what um, do you say when they do that yeah what, what do you what do you tell them i can tell you that it definitely like depends on the client um but i i am very curious to know why they're wanting to know that information hmm. um 
and depending on how our session is going and definitely what the purpose is, what their purpose is and knowing my stance, um, then I'll, I'll decide how much to disclose and mm. not disclose. Mm. And Brianna, is it anxiety people are coming to you with? Is it worry? What is the, the main issue that they're coming with? Uh, sleeplessness? What? I, I would say the main issue is um, anxiety and like excessive worrying. But obviously, you know, that does impact like um, your quality of life. So they are coming to me for these things. But then we're talking about, okay, so how is that impacting you in your day to day? I have students that have a difficult time studying. They have a difficult time while they're taking their tests. I have um, people that are just spending hours and hours scrolling through social media or like researching these things. And so um, they'll see that it's like one, two in the morning and they're just down this deep hole and are completely dysregulated and feeling anxious. So even after they stop scrolling, it's still hard to like get a good night's sleep after experiencing and expo you know exposing yourself to all that it's important to say too that uh, really anybody uh, can experience this i know uh in the lead up to the 2016 election and then after that one was settled uh there was this term that was uh, created called snowflake uh and it was generally used at that point uh to describe people on the liberal end of the spectrum uh, who just could not accept the results of the 2016 election. Uh, but then we saw that uh, term turned around and used by liberals towards conservatives after the 2020 election, uh, and especially after the January 6th insurrection, where a lot of people refused to even accept the results of that election, and, and some of them still refuse it uh, to this day. And a lot of that is uh, born out of anxieties as well, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, uh, another thing that I think it's important to point out is that I think a huge impact um, of the political climate on mental health stems from the fact that it's so polarized. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is like on extreme ends of the spectrum. Um, <clears throat> and the American Psychological Association actually completed a survey this year and they found that like 70% of adults reported that they do not think people in the government care about them. Mm. Um, and 60% feel that their rights are under attack. And I very much feel like, you know, it's people from both ends of the spectrum that are feeling this way. So we have the holidays coming up. <laughs> Wheeler's going to go home and see his family and, and they're going to get a load of him, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> But you can obviously prescribe yolitics to your clients, Brianda, but I'm curious how you, how else you help them? How, what do you tell them when they go home and have that conversation with the crazy uncle or crazy aunt that think a certain way? Yeah, well, I definitely, this is going to sound super cheesy, right? But I definitely encourage them to prioritize taking care of themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I think having these conversations is so super important, but we also have to be mindful um, of like when we have them. So the holidays for a lot of us are already very like emotionally tense times, right? So maybe being mindful of like, are, are there some topics that maybe like we won't discuss or maybe when we get to um, a certain extent, 
And we know that like this conversation is no longer productive and maybe like stopping an end to the conversation. Um, but you know, at the same time, um, I know that it's, if our views are very opposing from those of our family members, then it's really hard to like not address that whenever it's going on. But, but how do you stop that conversation though? Because these, <laughs> these conversations are always zero sum games you're an idiot if you think this, you know, they, they never go anywhere. I mean, most people don't even want to have the conversation, but if it comes up, I mean, what do you tell your clients on, on how to steer clear of it? Well, I, I don't, I don't tell them always to steer clear of it. You know, if they're feeling mentally stable and they feel like they can handle having that conversation in that moment, then yeah, let's go for it. Right. But I would say, you know, if um, I have, a client who is part of the LGBT, uh, LGBTQ plus a community. And then, um, and that's what the conversation is about. Like if it's going to impair their mental health or get them to an extent where it's unbearable for them, then maybe it may not be the proper like time to speak up about that. Right. So, so I think these are conversations that are important to have, but I think at the end of the day, you need to like center your mental health and, and see like, are you mentally stable to have this conversation? And can we, um, some, you know, what we do is like, okay, if yelling starts, maybe that's a good sign that the conversation is no longer productive. And we need to say something like, you know what? I enjoyed having this conversation. It does not seem like we're going to agree or like this is pleasant for either one of us. So like, how about we table it and we can come back to it later on. Yeah, um, and, and that's a good point too. It, I think it's a good point to be able to draw your, your own boundaries, especially if you're with your family. I mean, these people are supposed to love you, uh, you know, no matter. Uh, and, and so uh, I've done this in the past, you know, I show up and people, uh, they are talking about politics or they start asking me questions about politics because I do a political podcast. And I'm like, right. well, first of all, uh, tell us that, what you think, man. What that you think? reminds me way too much of work. So let's not <laughs> remind me of work right now while I'm off. And secondly, right. it also reminds me way too much of politics. And I really don't want to think about politics right now. And I'll just tell them I'm not talking about that today. Uh, and it's just that simple. I'm not talking about that today. And if they want to continue talking about it, then I can go sit at the kids' table. That's fine. I just, I really don't want to listen to it, and I don't want to talk about it. And it's one of the few times that I'm really happy to see, like, an Adam Sandler movie uh, playing on the TV in the living room instead of one of the news channels, you know, the cable news channels. But don't you think it's important for people to be able to draw those parameters and to not be at all afraid to say, I, I'm not talking about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, and that is actually something that boundaries, boundaries, boundaries is something that we definitely work on, especially during the holidays. Right. And like, that's, we can be flexible with our boundaries. Right. And it can even get to the extent where, and I do have some clients deciding to maybe like not go to mm the big holiday celebrations because we know that maybe these are topics that are not going to be avoided and maybe some of our family members are very passionate and even setting that boundary hey i don't want to talk about it may not may not work um so i even have clients like just deciding to like skip the celebration and you know maybe a nicer way of saying it is you know i, I don't say it the nice way but maybe a nicer way of saying it is to just say ooh uh 
I'm, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you or agreeing with you on what you're saying, but is there any way we could just talk about something other than politics? There's been so much of that. Can we, can we just not do that today? Yeah. Like a redirect okay. there. Um, and, and I'm curious about this, social media. Uh, I just saw this great piece on 60 Minutes uh, a few days ago just about how you know, incentivized it is for people to attack each other politically on social media to get the, the follows and the likes and the retweets and the whatevers. Um, how much do you talk to your clients about, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, that stuff is gonna happen every day. It's all gonna be on there. That doesn't mean that you've gotta be down in it for hours a day and reading all of it and taking part in it and retweeting and fighting with people online who you've never met, you're never going to meet and you're never going to change their mind. Yeah, that's actually one of my first suggestions to my clients. Please limit your social media intake. Please be mindful of your engagement on social media, right? Mm -hmm. Because first of all, like now we've kind of, we're stuck in this like 24 hour news cycle and we have access to information in a way that we haven't had before. Um, so, you know, one of the things with anxiety is that it, it kind of gets us stuck in that loop of like, I have to solve this issue, but because our political climate is something that's so out of our control and we cannot fix one of the ways that our brain is like, Oh, you're doing something is by like making you consume everything that you can about what's going on. And that's kind of like a little trap, right? There's not going to be much relief that comes from that. If anything, we are like re-triggering ourselves by continuing to expose ourselves to information that is not changing. We already know what's out there. Um, and sometimes just being mindful about how much we engage. Wait, did I hear you right there that there's some sort of a trigger that's happening in the brain that we think that we're doing something about something if we're just reading a lot about it and staying involved in it and that's sort of our way to make change is to just consume all of that yeah yeah basically so you know like anxiety serves a purpose every feeling that we experience serves a purpose and the purpose of anxiety is kind of to like get us to safety per se mm -hmm. um every time that our brain experiences a threat our brain experiences this as like a physical threat, right? But but like when we're anxious about the political climate, like there's no physical threat for us to get away from. So there's no, our body isn't being called to do like any specific action or like survival exit plan or whatever. Um, and so to feel like we're doing something, you know, we'll do what we can. And one of those things is like just staying informed. If we, our brain is feeling really hypervigilant, so it feels like if we stay informed, we can like keep danger at bay. Hmm. Um, and so like it, it kind of feels like you're doing something about it. You're informed about what's going on. You know everything. And as long as you're prepared, nothing bad will happen. Hmm. That's not actually real when it comes to our political climate. So we're just reading this information over and over again, and it's keeping us in that hypervigilant, anxious state. Hmm. So what's the answer then? Because people want to be informed, but I mean, should you limit it to once a week or, or an hour a day or, or what? Yeah, um, I it depends by person, right? Definitely you're the best judge on your own situation. But I would say if we are engaging in like scrolling every single day, 
um, then maybe saying once a week is going to be too hard and we're setting up ourselves up for failure. But so then maybe, like you said, we can cut it down to like an hour a day, or maybe we can like do it in the morning while we're drinking our coffee. And then like at night, um, right before we engage in like a calming activity. Right. Cause I also understand that need of like wanting to stay in the know, right? We just have to be mindful of how much uh, we're engaging with this information. How important is it to, you know, whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever it may be, how important is it to redirect some of that energy? So let's say, you know, I start cutting myself off from scrolling through my feed for four hours a day, every day. So much of anxiety, isn't it, built around a feeling that you don't have control or you would like to have some control over your situation? And isn't control uh, you know, easier to find if you're actually truly involved in something? Do you recommend to people that they become involved in a movement of any sort or with a campaign of a sort or actually doing something tangible to change a situation instead of you know, just sitting back and consuming it all and taking it in. Yeah, for sure. So like, you know, I, I don't make like any specific suggestions, right? Mm -hmm. But I definitely do encourage because you're right, like control is such a big thing and it's definitely a way to cope with our anxiety. Um, but sometimes we tend to focus on things that we cannot control, right? So maybe like shifting control towards things that we can control. So maintaining our daily routine like building hobbies you know focusing on building community with the people around you um <clears throat> joining movements if you so wish right but like doing things that are gonna connect you with your everyday life and things that you're actually having control over right so like if you don't know your neighbors maybe getting to know your neighbors um and realizing that Yes, the country's so polarized, but we're still able to have positive interactions with each other. Hmm. Rihanna, we just had an election at the beginning of November there. Um, I'm curious whether these clients that, that you spoke with, did they ever just throw their hands up and say, you know what, I'm not even going to vote in this thing. This thing is just driving me nuts. Did that ever come to pass? No, I did not have that experience that, you know, like, I think it might be due to the demographics that I work with, but I have a lot of clients that were just very actively engaged. Mm. Isn't that part of the power though, too? You know, we were just talking about taking control, part of uh, probably the ultimate way to take control in an election or an electoral process is to actually go and vote. It seems like that would be a real good anxiety soother, even if it doesn't turn out to be the candidate you voted for who wins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I saw that. So leading to the election, I saw that, right? Like we were focused on like exercising our power to vote. And then after the election, if we didn't agree with the turnout, now we're kind of switching to, okay, what else can we do aside from just voting, right? Like how can we get involved? How can we build community? How can we focus on the other things that we can control? aside from like the outcome of the election. Mm -hmm. And the great news with that, uh, or maybe not great, so, so great news is that there's always the next election. I mean, there, we're always teeing up the very next one. So, you know, maybe if you weren't happy with the way something turned out, you know, you immediately sort of lunge in and start on the, the, the next campaign, the next cycle, you know, uh, actually. Definitely. Yeah. So that brings me back to like, 
my next little coping skill that I suggest, right, which is like flexible thinking, like, okay, maybe what we were wanting to accomplish didn't happen this time, but obviously this is like a long run type thing. So what do we need to do to kind of get ready for what comes next? So have you seen any clients uh, after the November election that, that, that have talked about the results of the election? Yes, I've had a couple of sessions. And, and uh, I mean, I, 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 they're either happy or sad about the outcome of the election. Is, is that when you tell them to, to find things that you can control, f- find organizations or groups you can join? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a co- with those clients that were extremely anxious about the election. It was kind of like a conversation throughout, right? Like, even though we were hoping for the best, we were also preparing in case it didn't turn out the way that we wanted to. So it's it's a, it's been a conversation kind of throughout. Uh, but yes, you, yeah, so you know, uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to ask you something that's come up in in, in my own uh, you know family and circle of friends. I, I've heard this from people, and I'm curious if you have too. Do you hear from people who are so turned off by the way things are or have been that they are considering leaving and moving to a different state or leaving and moving to a different country? Do you hear that from people? I've heard that from people. I do hear that from people. I actually have two clients that have already left the state. Um, yeah. Wow. So because, I of, because of politics, Miranda? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do, why can you can you talk about kind of what led up to that? I mean, did did it just become so overwhelming for these these folks? Um, yeah. So both of my clients, um, one of them, she's part of the LGBTQ plus community, and my other client is black, and so um, they just were not having the best experiences in texas it it no longer felt like a safe environment for them um and so they just made decisions to get to to a more progressive state where maybe they would feel more protective and protected and accepted well okay so now moving though is one of the major life stresses in itself especially when you leave behind friends and family and move to a whole different state have you been able to keep up with them at all to be able to say if things turned out better for them unfortunately because of licensing laws Uh, no okay (laughs) which is very frustrating right because yes you're absolutely right it was stressful and because of the licensing and credentialing laws in our country Mm -hmm. there's no reciprocity so i had to terminate treatment Uh with them at one of the most stressful times of their lives uh, just for the record, wow. when I asked about people wanting to move, uh, you know, just because of uh, crazy politics, uh, Whiteley raised his hand here on the Zoom <laughs> meeting, and uh, implicitly I was raising my own. We've actually talked about that before, like, oh, let's just move. Let's move to some deserted island somewhere right. so that uh, we can stop hearing about and talking about all this. And we do a political <laughs> podcast, which maybe, I will say we'll be- is, a, is a sane space usually. Yeah, usually so. Maybe we'll, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have to come see you. Brianda, I have to ask you before uh, we let you go here. Is this something you go through in your own life? Do you, you know, when you go to family gatherings and stuff, are you going to run into some of this as well from time to time? Exactly my question, too. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So so you're dealing with this stuff, too. 
Yes, which makes it really interesting, right? Because like my client will be processing some stuff in session and I just want to be like, same girl. But I can't just say same girl. Like I'm the professional here. <laughs> what wow. you're thinking of it. There's a few amens in, in your mind. Uh, and so when you go to your holiday gatherings, this, I, I don't know why this is going to make the rest of us feel better, but you know, here we are, a, a licensed clinical social worker who you know, deals with this stuff for other people all the time. She's dealing with this too when she has to go meet up with her relatives. We don't get to pick our relatives, do we? We do not. We don't get to pick our relatives, but we and, definitely get to set boundaries. Yeah, and that's why Friendsgiving has become a thing, I think. <laughs> I really hey, that, 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 that was some interesting stuff with flexible thinking and, and the other uh, the other ideas that, that you shared with our listeners we we appreciate that and appreciate you making time for us of course thank you guys brianda thank you all right brianda thanks so much for that that was brianda diaz de leon <laughs> she is a licensed clinical social worker with thrive works in arlington and it, it's fascinating that people are coming to her with depression, anxiety, chronic stress, life transitions, all this stuff, and politics is now creeping into her practice. Jeez. Yeah, I like how I like how she left us though with just that tiny little nugget uh, where she says, "Yeah, you don't get to pick your family, but you do get to set your boundaries." It's you know, it sounds simple, but it's hard to do sometimes when you're you know trapped there at the table you're being held captive you feel like a hostage you know as somebody just goes on this rant and they're trying to pull you into it and then maybe somebody else comes in from the other side and they're going at it and you just you know guys can we just can we just finish this dinner and can we like open some gifts and you know then can i leave don't fall for the trap when someone brings up politics don't do it that's the thing don't don't fall for the trap Let, let the fire burn itself out you know, it's funny because a couple of years ago we did a piece about this uh, when we were nearing the holidays and about being harmonious and, you know, because we had become so divided as a country and you thought, well, you know, this will pass. But it seems like every year we're like, you know what, we're going to have to do this again because this is becoming even worse. You know, it's like, when does yeah. this finally cool off a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us travel for the holidays and people in different parts of the country have different values, different belief systems and things like that. And and that yeah. might just be, you know, just landing somewhere else in the U.S. to go see family or friends um, might itself invite a conversation into politics. But yeah, I think with, don't fall I think with my family, I've just kind of come to accept it. And I just think, well, you know, if there's a big fight that erupts about politics, you know, l- <laughs> it, let's it'll, be it'll be you causing it. If a big, a big fight erupts, <laughs> I'll be, you know, but the funny thing is, is, you know, let's be real. I know these people. And if it weren't about politics, chances are there probably be a fight about something else, you know, uh, because it's just that kind of group of people. So. You know, you got a lot of hotheads in there, a lot of opinionated people in there, and you mix all of that up. Maybe they've had, you know, some eggnog or whatever, and it just gets rowdy are, sometimes. Are, are you talking about the Wheeler Christmas dinner? Is that, is that what you're talking I, about? I'm talking about my family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm sad to say that, but I am. I'm one of the cooler heads, by the way. No, stop it, man. Come on. Oh, yes. You're the, cooler, one of the head? cooler heads. Absolutely. I, I definitely would like to come over and see this see this party. It's a rough. It can be a rough group, dude. Send me the invite, man. I'll, I'll come down for at least. <laughs> save me a plate at least. I'll tell you what. You can fly on the wall. Why don't we just have you go in my place? <laughs> just tell him I couldn't get out of my Everything padded cell at work. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nevertheless, I, you know what? I, I hope that I, I got something out of Brianda, and you know, we didn't have to pay for that that uh, that session with her. I know uh, we need to start calling to her more often it. and bringing our problems to her. We, we could, yeah, absolutely get her on the line and see what she says about our problems. You may be a little more of deeper experience mm-hmm. for her, uh, <laughs> but still a deeper, deeper case rather. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, I, I think she did, you know, have a few things that, that, that are takeaways d- during this time of year. So with that, uh, we do wish you a Merry Christmas. I know it's not there yet, but, uh, I, you know, Wheeler, you're going to be here for it, right? You're, you're not taking off early like you normally do. Actually, I am taking some time off. Are you if serious? I can just, if I can find my way out of this little room, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be All leaving right. here for some time. Well, uh, but yes, please enjoy the holidays, everybody. Keep it civil. Keep it nice there at the table. Uh, we're, of course, wishing you the best. And if you need to blow off some steam or if you are one of those traveling, we are not taking a break uh, as we go through these next several weeks. We've got some good episodes coming up uh, that includes some looks back at some of the things we've done this year. But we're not, you know, just phoning it in. Uh, we're actually producing some new content as we go forward through the rest of this year. So uh, make sure that you're subscribed and that you are getting us every single week. And we'll talk to you again next week. And next week we will be at one of our favorite breweries near downtown Dallas. So I hope you can join us for that one. Yeah, yeah, they're going to unlock the door and let me out of work for that one. (laughs)